Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian. I did the name thing again where I don't know it. Uh, Weekly Open is brought to you by FTX. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX. You can uh, trade there. If you're ready to buy this dip, you can do it on the FTX app. It's mobile friendly. Trade with zero fees directly from one asset to the other. It's super nice and simple. Right there at weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Plus, you can track all your portfolio goodies and whatnot. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks to them for being our partners on Weekly Open. Let's get to it. Craig, how you doing, buddy? And then there were two, right? That, that's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Pretty good. Um, you know, I really tried my part to make the market bottom by unironically opening a crypto Twitter fitness Discord where I was <laughs> ma- where I was posting like full write-ups on like fat loss stuff and whatever. That's Discord discord.gg slash shred with cred. I, t- I tried to make shred it a thing. With cred. Shred oh with cred. Shred with cred. It's real. It's real. And so I thought, you know, if they're, as far as embarrassing market bottom signals go, I will be the sacrificial lamb um, and do it. And apparently that wasn't enough, which is which is somewhat upsetting. And then, of course, Don, in his absence, decides to long Litecoin and then just go on holiday, which is a fantastic <laughs> just lifestyle trade more than anything. So massive respect to him. Um, Hold on. Yeah. I got to go find I got to go find Litecoin in God knows where of my uh, watch lists. All right. It's sitting on the 200 week dollar moving up. This is what a point where you're supposed to buy. Well, so there you go. He, he's, he's ahead of all of us. He's buying the triple bottom at the flat 200 week of a coin that does nothing. We've all been there. And sure, risk reward here is terrific for I, what I don't know what Litecoin does. I mean, but, I knew the market was screwed when Don was telling me Litecoin FA stuff like about nimble wimble <laughs> privacy type of whatever and i'm like this is a dark place you've reached my friend um but yeah he's at that point where i think with this type of trade where he just kind of chucked some money at it and then it, it's not something he has to manage and he's just gonna go on holiday anyway and if he comes back and it's at zero then i think he'll be okay um just, but yeah it's his realized, fault anyway <laughs> i just realized i've gone weeks without volume on my charts at all which is probably for the better because it's yes, just probably yes, yes definitely for the better <laughs> But yeah, pretty good. How are you? You've you've had a big big week, in the words of Barry. You know, flip launched and other yeah, stuff we, going on. Yeah, we finally came out of hiding for um, with our business at flip.xyz, and we're in open beta, so people can uh, check it out. I may even, um, you know, be rude here and shill it. Go um, on, indulge a little. I mean, I shilled yeah. the fitness Discord. It's clearly all the rules are broken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm really proud of of what we've built, and it's a pretty all encompassing NFT app. Where um, I know you got mad at me one time for calling it the smart way to NFT because I verbed uh, NFTs, but you know <laughs> that's what we did. So it, you can blame me for any horrible marketing decisions, um, but we're we're super super happy to be out in the wild. You can use it, most of the features for free, but if you want to go uh, follow stuff and whatnot, then you would need to be logged in, which um, is not a particular burden. Although some people just want to connect with their wallet. Um, we'll have connections to wallets internally uh, for each wallet, but I did this whole thread about like why Web3 authentication is not quite there yet. And people were like, yeah, but when can I just log in with my wallet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so 
that's that's been the primary negative feedback. Most of the feedback's been very positive, so I'm excited. And, um, it's nice to nice to be able to be out in the wild with that and finally be able to like show it and talk about that kind of stuff more publicly. But that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about markets, which still look kind of wrecked. Nothing. I mean, we took off last week. I was traveling, and um, y'all were gracious enough to just post help postpone the week um and um we didn't miss a whole lot i guess yeah at least something took off last week right (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh we're although i am sitting here noticing technically this is our fifth down week in a row um although really only one or two of those had any velocity but that's kind of the state of things right like this slow grind lower it kind of crept up on us those red weeklies right i think ever since the failed breakout and the whole lunar macro strategy thing it's it's been pretty one-sided um and that obviously coincided with equities pretty much look the same right like the s p and nasdaq weekly charts aren't painting any rosier pictures if anything and i don't have a, a correlated like uh btc over spy or anything uh, but if anything, I think they they took the bigger hit over the past few weeks and genuinely don't look very good at the moment. Um, it seems like there's not a lot of willing buyers out there uh, in the world. Um, not a lot of taker, uh, not a lot of takers of risk. And you know, now we're seeing it start to affect other things. Um, I don't know. It just seems like Dixie mooning uh, is kind of affecting everything. Uh, gold's back below 1900 i don't know if you saw that but it's like i mean <laughs> the uk ukraine russia thing and and like a lot of people using the term world war three for better or worse uh like where do you see that in the gold chart isn't that supposed to be when it shines <laughs> you know that kind of nice one too. when it shines banger that's a good one <laughs> um it reminds me of when solana went down for like a day and then the market was <laughs> Nobody up like 50 percent, and it's like show me on the chart where the entire blockchain was unusable um yeah it's, it's one of those weird ones i think don was dunking on gold before he went on holiday um it's pretty sad i mean like if you're a gold bug like this is you are supposed to be like Euphoric, best right? Life like basically, when the world yeah. is burning, um, and it's been a terrible, a terrible macro hedge for the most part. Um, not so much because it's gone down a ton, but because it didn't go up the whole time you were preparing, and everything else was, and now it's like not going up when everything else is going down. So you would have been yes. just better off being in something else, and then preferring cash for the actual hedge um oil backing off as well like so we're just kind of doing this this macro landscape thing um what i find interesting is that you know rates are the other thing kind of crushing everything especially growth um because if you the idea there is if you can get high yield then um it puts a greater demand on stuff that is supposed to earn in the future so growth stocks tend to suffer when yields are up so NASDAQ been getting hurt more than other things and energy stocks and, and value and whatever else like has been performing a little better. Uh, we're seeing yields down today as well. Uh, literally the only thing that's up is, is Dixie uh, and Dixie. It's just beastly. I don't even know what, I don't even know what to say. Uh, it's on a parabolic rise on a weekly chart. Um, so you're, are we just playing this game of figuring out when does this top and hard part is if you're trying to map like levels right if you go back to march 2015 
to uh, December 2016, January 2017. Um, that's kind of your frame of reference, I guess, from you know body body top to wick that COVID kind of played with a little bit. And now we're just right in the middle of that. So it's hard. It's really hard to point to a very specific spot on a chart and say, well, this is where it will naturally top. But I mean, this looks toppy, right? Like it's very, very fast trend. And those tend to want to break at some point. What are your thoughts? I mean, Euro USD, I mean, it depends how you want to look at it, right? Like right. Euro USD being the mirror of that is down at the lows, um, you know, multi month lows. And then the question of would you want to sell that rip? You know, you also have to question the Euro USD. Would you want to buy that dip, right? Like <laughs> it's, yeah. got, it's got to be one of those for uh, the dollar scenario that you've outlined. This, to, in the Euro USD, it looks better on the. Uh on the monthly because you see how how bad it is um yeah. one of our esteemed friends actually asked us how does the dixie work um so they can't be the only ones that are curious but it's basically the dollar against a basket of other currencies um so to to cred's point the euro makes up like 50 something percent of that index um so in some ways it's um basically the inverse of this chart but there's a, a, a bit of jpy and you know um swiss krona and jpg yeah <laughs> jpg <laughs> that that is the only thing that's the only other thing that's a good point it's the only game in town at the moment really uh, all the news which, flow around it as well you know open sea acquired gem and then that Moonbirds guy opening a fund paid discord thing which is hilarious so that you know all the all the funds there uh Wait, basically trading the majors. Gym? yeah yeah i just saw that how, come up. How, how did i miss this i don't know this you're is, clearly not you clearly don't care about the nfts as much as i do this is this highly is, relevant to my world yes it is uh you're next hopefully or maybe not who knows depends if you wow. like open sea but yeah they bought gem which is pretty cool nice to see them uh investing in some infrastructure stuff and you know just being on acquisitions and it looks like the board ape disc uh, instagram account got hacked as well at some okay. point um <laughs> so it's not just the holders giving away the private keys and passwords it's the you know account managers as well um sh should we do some larping on btc and eth before yeah we, we should i went to the ETH monthly and i was like oh, oh God, yeah. the bottom must be in soon <laughs> look we're yeah. so we're down so bad <laughs> don't look at monthly charts in crypto y'all it's pain oh monthly charts <laughs> i mean they're so good look that, that's kind of brings me to my point right if, if i can screen share this and do my best don impression without the accent um i think we've had enough german adjacent humor courtesy of finance <laughs> for this week so I'm, I'm gonna you know hold off uh can you see my stuff uh yeah it's up Okay, cool. I think, look, and I've made this argument as well in the past, well, for a while now, is that the monthly time frame is just really good at the moment and has been, which is just a fact of this market. Uh, and the bigger ranges is always between like 30 and 60. And then unfortunately, we got rejected by the type of level where you normally shouldn't see a rejection, which is the midpoint. That just tends to be a bit of a, a pit stop, if you will, or whatever. But that's kind of where the market topped and we're headed back down towards um the bottom of the range now that, that's really it like if you look at all the big moves that have taken place um in btc usd and by extension the market in general uh they've all had very solid uh foundation on the monthly time frame and then pretty like specific levels as well right it's not like we're just drawing a huge box around the biggest monthly candle and saying oh look it did something this is this is pretty accurate uh, and with a very low fake out rate if you look at the candle closes themselves as well right um 
So, you know, 35, 37 is still monthly support. That mid 40s is still monthly resistance. Uh, as soon as we broke back into the range uh, on the daily and weekly, like, you know, this move here after this top, then, you know, let me just circle it quickly. Oh, brutal. Yeah, this was, it was this fun bit, which was the breakout point. You know, as soon as that failed, yeah. the, the whole structure was kind of just cooked. And my <laughs> argument was, I, I'm not terribly keen on buying. Like, I didn't see this as support, right? There's nothing here for me. I don't, you know, I don't want to step in front of a failed breakout with mediocre structure. Um, so I think the two things to pay attention to, like bigger picture, it's still the monthly support at 35, 37. If that goes, then we're all eating shit for at least 30 to 50% right like on on btc and probably more on altcoins that's just the reality of it we're basically 6k simulator and yes macro would have to look ugly and a bunch of other stuff yes you could have a failed breakdown at 30 you know at this monthly level which reclaims so on and so forth but just big picture if that's where that the shift in market structure comes on the monthly and the range actually breaks standing if stepping in front of that too early is how you die right uh, and then on lower time frames, this is a homage, you know, to our to our duck friend because it's the daily time frame. Uh, you know, as as far as the most recent move goes, I think what you can reasonably do is just outline the extremes, which is you know the lowest low of the move thus far, and then just basically mapping this consolidation. And you know, the market poked above like overshot resistance, if you will. And so if you're going to be constructive or looking for like bullishness over the next, you know, before the next stream would be a pretty good time horizon. What you want to see is like a mirror image of what happened at the highs, which is to say mm -hmm. overextension in one direction. And then it kind of, you know, it's your early week puke and the New York session bids it up. You get a close back in and maybe something constructive happens. That's really short term, kind of one to three days that would need to play out. Bigger picture, I think the entire market is waiting and betting on monthly support because if that doesn't hold, uh, then I, I guess we all die. So that's that's the state of uh, line make boing just analysis. Makes, just makes me think if that happens, it's just like laughing in Alameda. <laughs> you know, yes, just, yes. Who, who wins exactly. in that scenario? The people providing all the liquidity for the transactions that occur there. Yeah, um, sure. Some a lot of forced actions going on if if that's the case. And you know, I think Don would also say that understandably, a lot of these higher time frame levels are getting kind of battered and beaten up, and the structure isn't too great. So while it makes sense to outrightly or almost blindly buy a level for like the first time, maybe the second time, the more it happens, like the higher the risk of getting run over, which is what we saw at 40k, right? The quote unquote bullish breakout, like at a certain point, even if the market's going to be a piece of shit, like if you sold this breakout or sold this level for like attempt number four, whatever this was, like you probably weren't having a very good time when this portion of price action was getting on, even if you ultimately ended up being correct, right? Right. And I think you can bear in mind a similar framework for supporting structures like in 30 something, uh, which is that you can still be right that it holds, but you may be yeah, as long as you're ready to like eat some shit in the process. Uh, and that sounds terrible, but you know, I'd much rather the market try to push through and actually see some buyers and give me something risk to find rather than, you know, just as I thought blindly selling this level for the fourth time as resistance isn't my favorite trade. Blindly buying it as support for the fourth time, you know, isn't my favorite trade either. So, yeah, uh, I think we have to basically whip out our old TA range trading stuff, which is to say if it breaks, you let it go. If it gets back into where it broke from, then there's a setup. Uh, and if it's a real puke, then you let Ledger tell you where the magic moving averages are and hope you've still got cash left. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, to to 
be honest about where my own trading has has been in this regard is I've been re really struggling with these scenarios um, mm -hmm. in the sense of I you know I'm, I I was cozy for for the big move, but the problem has been like tr trying to think is it is it ogre <laughs> you know, like, or like can you buy one of these dips with some confidence and i've tried uh because if you capture the the trend reversal then you feel great um and and after this much of a move down getting that it's like okay well was this just a bearish retest on the magic moving averages as you mentioned and and then we die or is that just kind of a temporary blip before you go kind of you know, readdress it and then eventually uh, go higher. And I was looking at this and what's what's gotten me in the midst of it too has really been a lot of this ETHBTC relative strength. So that's oh, been making such a me trap, want, I swear It is, God. it is. So it makes me want to keep this ETH exposure, mm -hmm. but every time I get in there and I'm like, all right, this is the part where I get, I get back in, I get excited and then boom, it just like crushes your hopes and dreams. So even though like for in my case, I did, I got this trade really, really did, did well, but I've chopped myself up two or three different times and I'm, I'm not willing to take huge losses on it. So then yeah. you, you sell out and then it like lures you back in another time, you know, you do that enough times and you need a big win to make up for those paper. Cuts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so it just makes it a very difficult market to, to trade. Um, and, and when you have this like, macro headwind instead of a macro tailwind it makes you much more antsy about holding the bag right on the on the volatility because when you get the minus 20 percent, you don't like on the on the bad bad days you don't want to be in at all on that so you're trying to avoid those and trying to eke out the the little wins to the upside if you're primarily looking at kind of a uh spot long only type of uh trading setup which is honestly what i'm almost always doing um just because of the risk profile there yeah then it it makes it damn hard to trade um so yeah i've been been getting chopped up with uh <laughs> i'm sure many uh, many others um even though you look at it and it's like you just could have pulled a don and gone on vacation um <laughs> for a month straight i mean that's that's what that is a month of pain that you could have just been ignoring the market earning yield in dollars still earning like 15 20 percent on some stuff you know like sucks um but we're gonna get a volatile move here pretty soon in my in my opinion um i know you know my my friday co-host uh josh carpe noctum has been looking at bollinger bands on a weekly basis and they've been tightening up which we have basically uh lifetime of of btc once it gets to a certain point in terms of consolidation you just end up with this massive volatile move and thank um, god the trend is up overall right so it's more likely <laughs> to be up <laughs> yeah where how are we defining the trend up <laughs> yeah exactly that's, that's uh, the tricky part right i mean it's not yeah. the tricky part like i think by most like most reasonable metrics will have this as a downtrend, right? Like whether it's moving average memes or like market structure to an extent, the only exception would actually be exactly what's on your chart right now. That weekly, which if you just look yeah. at all these consolidations, like is this consolidation higher than the one to the left of it, right? From May yeah. or earlier in, you know, in 2021, whatever. On That's this kind of your own chart. I even, I even have the line for you because exactly. pure exactly. hopium there. <laughs> so that's the kind of trend argument, but 
you know that that's it's it's like slightly stretched and i think there are better trend trades than um you know gambling on the same higher low structure for like the nth time especially because as i mentioned like outside of monthly levels for me there isn't a ton of totally compelling like technical structure for this to be like a great higher low like if you look at the two green weeks, which unfortunately now stand out as a sore thumb, right? Exactly yeah. those. Like look at the candles that came before it. It's it's pretty garbage. agonizing. Yeah, it's garbage. There isn't really much there. Uh, and again, I, I think simple does best. The monthly time frame has been so bloody good. Uh, I would need a really good reason to move away from using its levels, and I haven't really seen a strong case for that quite yet. And, I, and I'm happy to keep using it and while it, while it continues to give pretty. Decent well, so does that tell you to be? long 385 i mean you know technically if the, if you're if you're looking to nibble this is the the first this like reasonable spot where yeah. you get some sort of something <laughs> something which <laughs> ideally isn't more of the same uh, so yeah purely on a monthly basis like is it the actual bottom of the range which is usually the best trade no uh, but is it somewhere? Is it something? Because like the, the past few weeks haven't been anywhere for me, right? Which is why I've been so perplexed by people like diving in front of the market. But you know, it's starting to get there on in terms of higher time frame structure. So when you um, say the actual low of the range, you mean the pure previous low on a wick? No, I, I'd mean that's that exact candle from January. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This one. The boundaries of that candle. It's so it's open and close. Yeah, thirty-five, thirty-seven is roughly where it falls. That that's like the real um kind of monthly structure overall. I think if you draw on the weekly as well, you get a similar level, right? Like the the consolidation from you know Let's see where those pan where, out. Yeah. The twelfth of July twenty twenty one candle mm -hmm. on the weekly, you know, before that proper uptrend started i think don's got that as a level and it's all in the same space right it's like 30 something is the range low if it isn't you know <laughs> see you later basically <laughs> how many times have we said lose this level and it lights out and then we lose been, that right? level and it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah but the next level it's definitely lights out <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i, th I feel like uh, you know as a, as a stream weekly open did pretty well on a lot of these moves right like especially the failed yeah. breakout we were all like hey breakout good and then we were fairly early onto the boat of oh breakout fail bad you know because that, that yeah. takes a bit of a it's an awkward transition because you have to like literally flip on a dime and then everyone says oh the whole thing about trading is changing your opinion etc but it's a lot it's, it's easier said than done right because a breakout should technically get you very excited and then you have to like unexcite yourself like two weeks later and completely flip uh, biases and conclusions so that's kind of been my guiding light if you will the failed breakout just being meh and then you either give me something which i think is cheap at the bottom of the range or you prove to me that buyers want to buy it from forced sellers at the bottom of the range or you decouple meaningfully which you know two obvious forms of that like i tweeted yesterday it's either you ignite your own kind of medium term uptrend by getting through some of those moving average memes and there being enough kind of crypto money to push things up that's cool. Or you decouple by everything just fucking shitting, and then crypto just re recovers more quickly than traditional markets. That, that's, that's kind. Of, those are kind of the main things on my radar. That's that's why this one was particularly like challenging in my. It opinion. was yeah, but look uh, at the retest it gave you. No, I mean that's you know it's a yeah. bit rough. Yeah. Uh, the 200 day is somewhere around there, right? That was it is, it is. And that's, and yeah, so it was like, okay, the 20 week, 200 day, tackle it and you're good. And so on the weekly, it looks pretty great. And on the daily, it was like right at kind of peak resistance. Um, but that's what happens sometimes when you're trying to do these trend following things, you tap different timelines on in these high time frames. I think it's all fair. Um, 
but it, it, you combine it too with the kind of candle structure. If you look back here, this was a perfectly reasonable thing to long. The market obviously needed more time, but that was a that was a good punt based on pure candle structure. And then yes. it took another month of crap to get another candle worth punting. But look what you get as a reward, right? You get like several mm -hmm. weeks of high upside, 35 to 50 something. And if you kind of stick with it and capture most of that move, you got a heck of a trade on your hands and yada, yada. Um, so when you get these really solid weekly candles, it's not a bad thing to say like, this is, I'm going to now seek an entry either intro week, trying to anticipate next week, whatever, because at some point you're going to get this, you're going to, let's say it's from here, you know, you're going to get this opportunity for 20% or like you know, top of the range is a 50% move. That's freaking fantastic in the year 2022, whatever. <laughs> of our Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all of us are euphoric with a 50% gain this year. Um, and so if you get kind of a, a move to the top of the range based on evidence of, of flipping the trend, showing, a weekly candle with strength you're using high time frames you're giving yourself you know this risk reward of for however many times it doesn't work you're going to get one that works well enough that your risk management plus you know your number of trades takes over and ta-da you're profitable overall um it's just as trying to capture that like even last week if you if you were to be convinced at the top of the range it would have looked like a nice candle if it closed there, <laughs> you know, but it gave, it gave it up in the last few days of the week. And, you know, it's just another failed attempt and uh, attempt. And that's the one I made. I'm personally, I'm trying to capture kind of the low side of the market, which will cost me some of that chop. Um, but if you, to your point, which you're really good at this, if you're a little more patient with it, you have a better opportunity, I think, to um get in there when it's actually time versus just when it's uh it might be time you know it might be time i mean there is some solace and this is gonna sound like like it doesn't make any sense but there is some solace in the fact that the failed breakout took place on the higher time frames uh especially the you know the daily breakout we talked about in btc like 46 whatever that was mm -hmm. um and and the redeeming quality there is if you're dealing with very good levels and you get a very clear failed breakout, the likelihood of two such failed breakouts at the same level are, are really, really quite low. Mm -hmm. uh, once you already get like the ugly trap and the market creeps its way back up to that same level where the ugly trap took place, a second ugly trap is, is a really low probability event and continuation from there onwards is, is much more likely. Uh, right, so, so exactly let's, what make that, let's make that practical then to the same point we were just talking about. When you get that clearance, this is the trade that is probably higher confidence, right? Yes, yes. It could even be slightly earlier, but technically, yeah. I mean, just anything which gets back above where there's that triple top which we overshot took place. I think any acceptance through like 40, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think anything that start, you know, doesn't full retrace from main, you get some decent closes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that that's that's a pretty good that's at least the momentum continuation uh trigger that I have in mind, simply because. Once, you know, it's kind of a fool me once type of thing. And if you have like a <laughs> horrendous trap at a really key level, you're probably not getting a horrendous trap at the same level a second time. And if you yeah. are, I mean, God help us, right? Like what kind of market is that? <laughs> We're all poor so that's, anyway. That's a, that's a more, you know. I mean, this really was a horrendous trap. Like, oof. Yeah, like, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. We, um, the moving average maxis won one over the levels, guys. Um, well, depends. Like, I think if you got the monthly midpoint, it's like from yeah. the monthly chart, or whatever. That that was absolutely surgical um, in terms of where the market reached. And the other point I'll make is, 
when it comes to these breakouts, if you look at the candle, which actually invalidated the breakout on the daily, like by zooming in like just a tiny bit, it wasn't some enormous engulfing candle where you're like, uh, you know, it's down 20%, for example. And, you know, mm -hmm. even if it is a failed breakout, maybe it's a higher low at this point and it's too late for me to do anything. Like that candle was almost perfect in that it was bearish. It was clearly bearish. Like there was no ambiguity left as to, oh, is this a retest? Maybe we're still breaking out and it's just, re you know, all that, all those types of arguments. But also didn't extend too far to make you feel bad for getting out yeah. of your breakout long. Yeah, basically long. It says 40, 43 two, you should be sidelined. Yeah, there was some and charity over the <laughs> over those two three days to cement the failed breakout. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, so theoretically, if you did that and bought back right now, you lowered your cost basis ten or eleven percent. Sure. Or sure. you don't buy back right now and you just wait, and then you end up kind of at the same cost basis but with more confidence. Um, Sorry. Correct. Ideally, with with the benefit of hindsight. I mean, I say that you can just literally go back and watch the other weekly open streams. Yeah, we did. We talked about the same thing. Well. Yeah, 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 we chopped chopped it up pretty well in real time. So and some, this this one was there. the same exact trade. This is the classic like swing failure pattern, right? Um, yeah, it's some version of you know if a market tries to break out and it does for a bit and then it fails, that's not a good thing, right? And Lu yeah. uh, Luna did the same on the weekly time frame. Um, we gotta go check it, out. It, Luna. It, it's one of the ugliest uh crypto patterns that you get um, especially <laughs> if it happens around an all-time high it's like extra brutal right think about the sentiment boost you get from that only to get eaten up that's that's rough yeah and this is another this is another great example in my mind where you're like you get that one it's screaming at you to get out but you're kind of <laughs> like i don't want to get out after a day like that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so then you exactly. end up getting out on this day instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah by force while you're asleep <laughs> yeah um because uh guys this was this was so bad like so so bad i don't uh. this market hasn't been easy like anyone knew they're earning they're earning their stripes you know like i don't i don't think it's been gimme mode for anyone unless you minted mood birds and you know whatever other nft that yes you can just blindly but those people so many of them just won't sell them um that it they'll, they'll still find their way to get wrecked but you know getting wrecked is just a part of the game um all right should we should we take a, a moment to uh dig into ethptc and see if anything's actually changed because in my book it hasn't we're still it's still luring you in to say you know point point one is the the target if you get this breakout mm -hmm. from that moving average perspective still saying 200 is support it is starting to tell me like okay well you know when you know when to get out right that and you could this is a little bit of a bastardization of, of what you were just talking about. But if you consider kind of this and, and then the failed, uh, failed uh, trend after that, if you yeah. consider that your demarcation line, the fact that it goes right with the 200 uh, day moving average, I think you can front run this breaking down by getting out here. Um, if it, that's my take on it, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate how often ETH, like people paying attention to ETH BTC ends up being a trap of some sort. Like, it's very rarely a good thing in general when ETH BTC is like the focus of the market. The, the way I approach it is I'm fine. Like, I, I still use ETH BTC as almost like a proxy. So, for example, if ETH BTC looks good because ETH structurally looks better than Bitcoin and neither of them look completely horrible, then that'll just kind of give me a bit of a extra push into the buy ETH direction, right? 
but as for like trade, even taking the uh, you know the pair trade or the spread trade between the two, not something I do particularly often, or just outrightly trading ETH BTC. Um, neither that. My concern at the moment, I say my concern, it's like the reason I didn't find it super exciting is because you know on the on the weekly it's still stuck just within the same consolidation it's been in from forever, literally forever, right? Uh, the, the the structure there is just it's a range it's a range and it had its failed breakout attempt on the end of 2021 push like the obvious top on the weekly and it's back within that range now you know that's that's fine and isn't anything to write home about now the main point is eth usd uh, as we discussed also and should probably revisit <laughs> yeah. uh last week um you know the exact level I'm going to draw on the weekly time frame, right? It's like that 31st of Jan weekly, like around 3K line in the sand, whatever type of boy. Um, right the, here, like right? the Up. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry, just one? a 3K. Just You can just draw 3K or something. It doesn't, it doesn't matter all too much. Uh, it was that really neat looking SR flip type of structure. Oh, yeah, this thing. Down a bit more. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Now, That's oh my God. I can't I'm coping so hard on this chart. <laughs> Too many yeah, lines. That, that is that is cope. Um I, I can screen share really quickly this. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me somehow it disappears. Uh, so. For a second and entire screen. Let's gamble. How's this? I'll I can toggle it on once it's here. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Uh, I, th I think the level we had in mind, and you know, even when we last spoke about it, we were quite charitable <laughs> in drawing it. Was was some <laughs> version of this consolidation, right? Yeah. We can just see a lot of the pivot points or market activity was. I think Don expressed a preference towards this specific cluster for a certain period of time here. Mm -hmm. I think no matter how you chop it up, if we take like the really you know broad brush obvious horizontal and i like this one because it's got the touch at the lowest close and the touch at the highest close that, that's yeah. pretty neat um you know eth was the only chart which didn't look absolutely fucking awful when everything <laughs> else did and so we were like look this is the guiding light for the market you know, all the altcoins broke structure but if there's going to be anything it has to be eth and it was on this weekly open right so we were like here <laughs> i think or whatever yeah, yeah, show last week. yeah exactly so, so, so the only argument was ETH is, doesn't look terrible uh, and is the only chart out of the majors and altcoins in general that's at a good level. And so if you close above that, maybe you get your ledger target push towards the top of the range, right? This kind of 4K or thereabouts cluster structure. Because the alternative is, you know, if we take a broad range of 2K is the range low, 4K is the range high, 3K ends up being some sort of mean trend, midpoint, equilibrium, value area just making up words you, you know you know what i mean right now unfortunately yeah. long story short it, it wasn't successful right it closed below and um if anything retested it as uh, resistance on, on the week we were away uh, so for me this isn't really attractive until it either looks constructive back above 3k uh, or um these lows gotta go because this consolidation to me isn't some sort of super sexy high low structure even if i go back and start drawing stuff like this um i don't like it i don't, I don't like any of this so it's either has to, just like btc right the mid 40 equivalent either show me strength after four or five weeks of going down or i think the the lows become vulnerable and or the market has to just move towards the bottom of the range btc did reach the bottom of the range when it went to 33 35 whatever eth never really did i think most people have a clearer range midpoint sorry range low around 2k uh, eth kind of just stopped at a meh level and was kind of dragged up by bitcoin bottoming so i don't i don't love this 
early year consolidation. That's do you do you have no real opinions anywhere within those three green candles? Um, oh, of, honestly, of I don't. Um, regardless of whether I look from a more recent point of view, yeah. going back to the May highs, I don't really. If I had to cope, uh, which we're all getting very good at, uh, I, I would use this as a, a local range low, I guess, at 2,500. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, just thinking if you, have geez, a mini, if you have mini ones, you know, like everything inside there is noise, I guess. and that, That's kind of my view. And, you know, at that point when you're trading this, it's like, yay, it's fully retraced the pump. Let me <laughs> nibble at it and see what I can get. It's like, I don't know, dude. That's, uh, you know, short, lower time frame stuff for sure because the bottom of the range, you, you might want to poke at it. But a higher time frame structurally would start to look pretty, pretty abysmal. Yeah, I need to start just uh, just doing some kind of index of these layer one coins. Um, but everything you just said about ETH, we're basically seeing magnified on you know Solana and AVAX and whatever else. They look, if anything, I think they look much more clearly like distribution that has an opportunity for extreme weakness in the case that everything breaks down. Uh, yeah, like that. Oh my gosh! It's like thanks for playing. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> Welcome to TA one hundred and one. Yes, exactly. Here's your first course. <laughs> <laughs> you should have sold everything there. Uh, <laughs> um, do you think there's any case for saying like these are there's a, a value here, or do you think it's just? I mean, a, a gamble. It, Closer to the gamble territory, given how BTC and ETH look. But if you have to start drawing stuff and making stuff up, you know, this could be a higher low structure if there was like a gun to my family's head and I have to start making stuff up. Um, but, you know, I'm the kind of I'm the kind of boomer who doesn't really nibble at altcoins unless I think either BTC and ETH aren't going to ruin the setup or they are at value themselves. And I want to get some uh, extra juiced returns by punting altcoins as i mentioned for btc and eth they're both in these types of tricky areas where they're not yet at the structures that i think are really good uh, and to be honest even if they were to get there i'd be reluctant unless it's some obviously outsized move or candle or something uh to, to buy them first time because it's not the first time it's like the fifth time right uh so that's those are the only things that give me pause i think this is one of those i mean for solana at least you had a mega clear setup and you know we covered it elsewhere when it hit resistance, the mega clear setup's over. Just because you missed this mega clear setup doesn't mean the market owes you another one somewhere here. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Uh, uh, yeah, I sometimes like to convince myself, like, oh, it'll just go tap that again. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't owe you that. It could easily just go back to the lows. Um, so there's 78 or so there. Uh, what I struggle with on these, and what I mean in terms of opportunity down, is that. Below 78, the next thing that you can really find on a weekly basis is 48 or so. Um, that is not cozy at all. Um, but if anything, it's a nice, it would be a nice uh, short setup, minus 40% from those two levels. I, I, I think Solana has kind of cemented itself as having opportunity uh, long term. So like, I think you can find a great buy for Solana. But I think that that great buy is probably somewhere between $25 and $50 if we go like full, you know, crypto soup group or whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I just, it, it, it worries me, I guess, in terms of thinking like I'm going to buy Solana and hold it for years. Uh, it doesn't really strike me 
that as that being a, a obvious outcome. I mean, look, the Samani sell program just needs to stop, and then the market has a chance. But this is this is pretty rough. I mean, look, it just looks like any other market cycle chart sort of thing for the time being, right? I think for a long time, people have quite reasonably afforded Solana special privileges because of the big proxy. You know, they saw it as a SAM proxy bet. Let, let, let's be real here, right? That's all it was. Right. Uh, it was a SAM proxy bet, and it was like the fastest horse in an L1 race when ETH was unaffordable for the majority of use cases that it was being used for. Like perfect storm type of thing. But that doesn't make it immune from um, the basics, if you will. And that's kind of what we're seeing play out uh, at the moment. It does remind me a lot. You know, people said like ETH is going to $15, right? <laughs> Back yes. when it had its breakdown of the market cycle. I mean, obviously it had a huge drawdown, went to 80, 80 bucks and it spent, yeah, I don't think it got quite below 80. Um, so it got down to $80 after 1400, but people were definitely screaming for, you know, sub $50 and it just didn't quite get there. Yes. Like, because of the fundamental component, I in, in my mind, of Ethereum, like people were building like crazy on Ethereum during this time, never quite got to the technical level of like fill that vacuum void. And I think we could absolutely run into that scenario with Solana where, you know, I don't know if that's this level or this level though, right? <laughs> Is that $5 or $25? But I, I doubt it fills the full void just because of the... Um, the actual activity and backing and, and all that that exists in Solana. And I think it'll end up being the type that has an ETH style kind of generational wealth event again, um, as the ETH equivalent from 80 to 4k yes. could happen again for a secondary market cycle in Solana could totally imagine that future because it's got the same kind of developer excitement backing, you know, kind of jumped the echelon of, garbage coins out there um yeah i so. think that's a fair take um yeah i've got i've got nothing to add to that i mean god knows where that level actually is i mean it's right. funny even if you like you've got the two levels there around like 50 and 25 <laughs> and it, where the where, you know we're here sitting here when prices are much higher like around 100 saying yeah that's the range can you imagine like you buy the first support and then it gets the second one and you're down 50 percent, right yeah like, that's, yeah, that's can... a pretty big deal uh so they yeah. say they say DCA is easy, but if if this happens during it, like this is a really painful part of the DCA. It's you know, awful, like yeah. you're just getting wrecked. Um, and I, you know, I've talked to a lot of a lot of folks. Um, unfortunately, people in my regular life are still into crypto or more in crypto now, and like talking about buying dips, and it's not giving me comfort that the the dips are done dipping. Um, and you know, every time I'm like, look, I think they may have some some value in the long term but you got to take your time like the last yeah. thing you want to do is be buying essentially the bearish retests right and then and then you're the one capitulating those people are the ones capitulating at the time it's finally a better time to dca and um you could certainly do it from here but it's not i don't think that's the most likely outcome uh but it, it's it's not fun to say like this could take another year or more to play out all of this in the scenario. Of, and honestly, I think if the economy recovers magically out of this current time and, you know, Dixie goes way down, stocks recover strongly, all this kind of goes out the window and it maybe takes longer to go through that full market cycle. Maybe Solana does it from 500 to 100. I don't know. Uh, 
but in the current landscape, I think it, it made, it had the bull market and now you're just waiting, waiting until it's time to have another one. Yeah. I think, you know, as long as your project selection isn't totally garbage, I think most people who are into crypto or at least with their life choices are long crypto have some expectation of like another market cycle where their favorite coins make new all-time highs, right? That, that's kind of the yeah. base assumption. Even if it's just BTC and ETH, you're assuming that stuff's going to get wild again and at least those set new all-time highs and then people extend that uh, courtesy to other coins, which aren't going to do that. But, you know, that's kind of the base assumption. So on a simplistic level, um, it's kind of like, you know, how, how much of a discount are you, you going to get but if if your theory if your thesis is correct right like yeah it's down 40% then it, it could go down 60% <laughs> etc cetera, etc cetera. but as long as you've got like some conviction and idea what you're doing uh over enough time you're still assuming that crypt whatever 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 that thing is sets new all time highs right and if not right. then i guess what are you doing here apart from short term trading or whatever else yeah. now, i think well, the issue is people are just extending that to like every single altcoin under the sun and like right. with defi 1.0 and everything uh, i'm too much of a boomer for that i think bitcoin and eth are my high probability bets um for like very clear repeated cycle to cycle new highs and then once that becomes apparent I just like to ch not chase, but like yeah, at that point, it starts to become more clear what the kind of hedge fund darling trade is or what narratively is sticky, you know, what's got the capital flows, what's got people excited and so on. Yeah, and I'd I'm... rather be medium to medium to late to that because, you know, as I as I said before, $5 Solana was technically late as well, right? Because everyone was right. like, oh, unlock FUD and Sam saying, sell me all you want and all this other stuff. It's already up this much percent and then it went to like 300 or something. So yeah, yeah I think being late in a bull market um, is fine is, is very special <laughs> like yeah and honestly I'm, I'm showing avax purely to say like it's basically the same thing as solana we're just using yeah. solana as our example and one or several of these may have the like eth style recovery and renaissance um but what we do know is that when the bull market comes back on the, there will be new coins that go faster than all of these of course <laughs> new coins new sectors new things right yeah, and simply as a function of having fresh excitement, um, FOMO, greed by newly rich people, no bag holders to sell on the pumps, no narrative fatigue in the market more broadly, that you've got a lot of lot, lot going for stuff uh, that's new. And so that's kind of where my efforts are going to be beyond BTC and ETH. Yeah. Well, that's all I really got, man. What about you? Anything else that we should be paying attention to? Yeah, I want to get your take on... So that nft project was it moonbirds i keep i keep getting yeah. the name confused moonbirds moonbirds and so now, now the founder i saw you tweeting about this he opened some sort of like the... fund but not a fund and then it's like that there's an eth entry or whatever else could you give some color on that for those unaware in the audience and then i've got like a very hot take which i'm sure you'll like oh, i like hot takes um yeah so this is uh moonbirds it's the uh, project by Kevin Rose is the primary founder, but the other guy, Ryan Carson, um, he's a well-known web two person. So I've no, I knew him from his treehouse days. They were one of these like life hack type companies that works four days a week and yeah. has a great environment. And, and they were very popular and did a great job. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so he's the CEO of this and or COO of this. And Ryan Carson announced this week, uh, last night, I guess he was like, Hey, here's my website for my new project. It's 
grants um, a fund for NFTs, and it's a 25 ETH per person per quarter subscription. So you're uh, committing to at least 100 ETH over the course of a year to their fund, and he was limited to 99 people. So basically, he's raising $30 million to invest in NFTs. Their NFT is the most high volume, fastest moving NFT of late. So one would think like, okay, are you going to be buying Moonbirds, your own bag, or excluding them? Either seems ridiculous, as does taking other people's money to invest in NFTs when you just made many millions of dollars, like tens of millions of dollars in your sale. And then they've made uh, eight figures, like uh, tons. Um, I mean, they get, I believe, a 5% royalty on their volume, which is something that some people are going to forget about. Um, But, you know, Moonbirds have have already done, um, oh gosh, what is it? About 84,000 ETH of volume. Um, Hmm. So 84,000 times 0.05. So they've made, you know, 4,200 ETH or so in fees. Um, So that's a lot of fees that goes towards their company. And, and then they've got all these things coming up and he's the CEO operations. And so like now he's obviously going to plan to spend some of his time running a venture fund that has p- plenty of potential for direct conflicts of interest with his own project. So not only is it a bifurcation of his time, but it's also potentially a ethical uh, quandary and he they instantly caught flack for it they said they have something to say today i'm very curious to hear what they have to say today but that's the summary do you know if it's like a properly registered fund type of structure yeah it, it's going through uh one of the like angelist subscriptions or something like that oh fine um i guess the hot take is twofold the summary version would be for him this makes a shit ton of sense to do. And it's like the plus EV slash right thing to do. <laughs> it absolutely is. And that's based on two things. The first is that reputation is vastly, vastly, vastly overrated in the crypto space. Enormously overrated. Uh, you know, if you even very cynically consider it as another kind of EV variable, we've seen bad actors come back cycle to cycle and people welcome them with open arms. We've seen how short-termist the memory of crypto Twitter certainly and just crypto in general is. And, you know, as soon as it gets out of Zach XBT's feed, like no one gives a shit anymore. And you can continue the same conduct and no one really cares. We've seen, you know, even in egregious cases, although that's been changing somewhat recently, but in general, how slow the arm of enforcement is in the space. And that's legal enforcement because self-policing, we've, we've just completely failed and we don't do that at all. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, if you consider this gentleman's own situation, do you think for the rest of his life he will ever be in such a such an advantageous kind of all attention on him, ability to command that much capital, just like peak monetization period in his life ever again? Like probably fucking not, right? This is like a complete home run, one in a million type of uh, whirlwind where the downsides are like, what, someone posts a bad thread about you and then question your morals and ethics and then no one really gives a shit a year later versus you know he does this and he's already done like the moonbirds thing and he never probably never has to think about anything ever again um so this is just kind of almost the the crypto rand playbook right oh man (laughs) where it's essentially strike while the iron is hot and then you never have to you know meddle 
again. I think, so I, I, I think can understand it from his point. Of I view. think he's seriously in the uh, in the big leagues on a relative basis to some of those people, though. Sure. And sure, sure. I think he probably could a year or two or three from now basically have achieved the same thing. I think what makes it hurt is it it, it was like two weeks ago when they meant it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The proximity, the time thing is insane. It's barely been alive. Like you can't even wait like two months, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, look, strike while the iron is hot, right? You remember in 2017, the way it worked, someone would make like one good call on a shit coin. And then the very follow-up tweet to that would be, okay, I'm limited spaces opening up a fucking paid group, 0.1 BTC. I mean, it's it's this just on a bigger scale, you know? I think it's, I think it's a lot different just because, um, there's this obvious natural founder to VC um, pipeline, but trying to do both simultaneously um, at, and, and, and like raising money from others, obviously tons of people invest their own book. Like I do that, you do that, you know, people that run companies do that. Sure. Like I think um, uh, Robert, Robert from compound, you know, runs robot ventures very successfully, but they just, I think they just use their own money. Um, he's wealthy anyway. Just use your own money and invest in NFTs, you know, or do like a very quiet friends and family thing where yes, you take some people. Like, don't don't go recruit people for their, you know, hundred ETH to. The, why <laughs> you have so he has so much to lose in my mind. I, I I like your hot take in the pure like Darwinian sense of my my peak opportunity, but I think it. I think it uh, dilutes the uh, ethical aptitude of the audience, right? Like, I, yes, I think and I'm, I will always take that, that trade. I will always take that trade. Anything that dilutes the ethical aptitude of crypto Twitter audience, <laughs> I, I'm max long. Give me, give, sell me all you want, to fuck off. You know that type of thing. Well, see, I'm that's not. just such a blatant trade. I mean, even Zach is losing his, you know. Um, Chutzpah or whatever the word is. He 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 was tweeting some of his own stuff, being like, "Oh, what's the fucking point? Like, this isn't changing people's behavior." Neither on the producer side, so people are still rugging and just doing dumb shit. Nor on the consumer side, because they only go to Zach after you know they FOMO'd in and lost all their money. And there's always like a, a fresh fool, a new a new idiot to um, achieve that. Again, this is slightly tangential to. Um, th- this gentleman's Discord fund weird thing. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, broadly in line with peak monetization Darwinian type of um, very ob- unlike the chart we're looking at. The downside is very obvious. Um, yeah, in the, current the gri- grift grift knows how to survive all markets. Yeah, exactly. You get like you get some bad press, and then everyone forgets, and you just move on and do it again later. Or if you do it properly, you just spend the rest of the time whitewashing your own reputation. I think it could certainly, I think it could certainly recover. I just think it was hilariously bad PR and bad PR, blatant conflict of interest, just in bad taste. Yeah, I mean, this is all. Yeah, I'm with you, with you on that one. But you know. Give me an allocation, dude. I just defended the indefensible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. All right. We'll leave it there. I appreciate your take. And thanks for being with me here today, Cred. Thanks for the audience, too. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX, where you can trade today. Uh, You can do it simply and easily in the FTX app on your mobile device. Trade with no fees. Swap directly from one asset to the other. Track your portfolio. All the things you know and love, you can do it with FTX. 
You can dollar cost average with FTX. That's a good thing to know if we are going to enter a long bear market. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Weeklyopen.com to check out old episodes. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk to you next time.